Hello, beautiful people. We are back for another episode. And this one is going to be about compassion fatigue. And compassion fatigue really refers to this kind of emotional burnout or depression that people experience when they are exposed to excess amounts of other people suffering, so human suffering. You're not directly affected, but you feel the sense of you know burnout or depression or hopelessness because you are witnessing traumatic events you are witnessing you know violence or death or just loss and grief and things like that so this is especially relevant now but it has also been relevant for the past few years and this is mainly because i would say of social media and of course the news but we are kind of exposing ourselves every single day to traumatic events to death to violence to human suffering and this would obviously have an effect on people's mental health the other thing i wanted to go into in this episode i wanted to talk about kind of the moral or like socio-political aspects surrounding this idea of compassion fatigue so for example like is it morally acceptable to shut out certain things that are happening to protect your mental health you know what are our moral obligations um and there's been a lot of like disagreements about this i would say like maybe i've seen two sides of people thinking you know like you're not entitled to feel compassion fatigue if you are not directly affected or things like that so i just wanted to go into that a bit about my opinion on all of that and then obviously i would go into the steps or things that you can do to actually handle compassion fatigue so i have five things that you can do and i'm going to be going into them in depth later on in the episode so stay tuned so before we get into the topic of today i thought i would start introducing a little segment like a short segment of just recommendations or things that i love that i want to share with you guys and this could be a song a show or just any really just anything and this is kind of also my way of learning to take more note of the things that i enjoy the things that i'm passionate about and learn more or take more note about my likes and dislikes my preferences and things i enjoy so that i can learn more about myself and bring more of those things into my life and if you are someone who feels like you don't really have a good idea of what you want or you don't feel like you have many interests or hobbies or things that you are passionate about i highly suggest you do something similar to this start paying more attention to things that you like and things that you enjoy start talking more about them because you might be someone who's just always been eager to learn about other people or you know you just really 
you might have been someone who just didn't pay a lot of attention to yourself. I guarantee you there are things that you love, there are things that you are passionate about, that you like, that you believe in. It's just that you never really paid a lot of attention to it. So when you do start paying attention to these things and how you feel and what you like, you are better able to get an idea of what you want, what you want in life, what you want in, you know, what your purpose is, anything really. So that's my challenge to you. And anyway, the thing I wanted to recommend to you guys is this cover of the song We Didn't Start the Fire. The original is obviously by Billy Joel. And the cover I'm talking about is a cover by Fallout Boy. And I'm recommending this because I love it, but also because it's kind of relevant to this episode if you look at the lyrics of the song. And this cover, basically they updated it to cover events from the years 1989 to 2003. And the song came out in June, so it won't be like the entire 2023. But it was really nice seeing, like depending on how old you are, it was nice seeing a lot of the events we have lived through being listed down. And it's a crazy feeling realizing just how much chaos or change we have lived through and i also love that they changed the lyric from we tried to fight it to we're trying to fight it i think that's just a cute little hopeful change also side note when we talk about covers i feel like there's always this group of people who complain about any song being covered saying things like you ruined the song or you know the original is better and Guys, like, the original is always there. It cannot be ruined by a cover. And secondly, a cover is not meant to be compared to the original. It's meant to be like a different take on a song. It is not supposed to be a better take. It's just a different take. I hope we can, like, understand this because it seems like a lot of people don't. Anyways, I love covers when they're done differently like when it's a different take on the song in a different genre or just something different i really like covers that do that but anyways let's get on to today's episode right so compassion fatigue like i said it usually all started out with caregivers burnout you know people who are firsthand dealing with a lot of human suffering and finding out that they were feeling depressed or burned out in these professions. But now, I think in recent years, we have been exposed to a lot of human suffering via social media, via the news. You know, we're bombarded with these things every day. Like, you enter a building and in the lift or elevator... There's a tiny little TV screen just telling you about some horrific headline of the day. So I wanted to talk about, well, you see this thing online where some people scoff at the idea of people who are not directly affected by these things saying that they have compassion fatigue. So I get where this is coming from in the sense of like, well, you are not directly affected, so you 
don't really get to claim compassion fatigue and then just shut down and not acknowledge what is happening. I get where this is coming from. But on the other hand, I will also say that we, like anybody being bombarded with human suffering and anybody, I mean, anybody with compassion, obviously, who is constantly bombarded with human suffering is going to take a mental health impact from that. That is not something that you can deny or invalidate. So what I think this comes down to is the idea of, well, blame. Because when people feel helpless, so when we are seeing things going on that we feel like we can't do anything about, we tend to be angry or we tend to feel helpless. And so people online, especially, I mean, on a lot of social media, but especially on like Twitter and things like that, people will turn around and attack um, regular people who are just kind of living their lives and they will attack them, saying you're not doing enough, saying you're a monster for not caring, for not uh, looking, for not, you know, consuming every single second of suffering that is happening. So what I want to say about this is that, yes, people do misuse compassion fatigue sometimes as an excuse to not acknowledge things that are happening. That definitely does happen so if you are for example a person in a privileged position and you have someone around you like something is happening in your area or you have a friend who is affected by some kind of you know like trauma or misogyny racism whatever oppressed in some way and you shut them down or refuse to even acknowledge what is happening because you claim to be too fatigued or you say that you know it's bad for my mental health or whatever i think that this is kind of well shirking your responsibility in some way or at least like well it's not the best thing to do okay <laughs> what i will say though is that in a general context people who are going about living their lives are not the villains here i think we want to look for someone to blame but in turning on regular people who are not the cause of the problem who are not you know creating the issue or even supporting the issue turning around and blaming them and attacking them for you know just not posting about it online or not um yeah like just you know or even just acknowledge for them to even say that they are feeling depressed or affected by this and then attacking them for saying so i think is really quite wrong like it is channeling your anger in a wrong direction like this is a sense of trying to feel like you are doing something by attacking people so that you feel like you're taking some kind of action, but it is not actual productive action. There is no good result coming out of this. That's just what I would like to say. And it's like a competition of who cares more 
and this tends to happen online a lot like people think they are better or a better person if they care more and they feel like they care more or they show that they care more i used to buy into this before definitely like i've definitely been that person who thought i was better because i felt everything deeply or i cared about other people's suffering but i really really do not think that way anymore i think tangible action counts way more than just sitting around yelling at people who are not even the cause of the problem and it is really toxic to make people feel bad for just living their lives and i do agree that we have a moral obligation to stand up to protest injustice cruelty to help people in need and all of that but i don't think that constantly consuming media of people being brutalized or dying or suffering is useful in any way i think you need to protect your mental health so that you can be a more effective human being as well it doesn't serve anyone for you to consume every second of someone else's suffering to the extent where your own mental health is being affected and you can't function well anymore what that does is you are actually creating more suffering in the world by adding to your own because each each one of us is a human being right when one of us is suffering that counts as human suffering so if all you're doing is making yourself miserable you are not helping anybody all you're doing is trying to alleviate your own guilt for the fact that you exist and you are not subject to the same horrific circumstance that some other people are going through i think it's a, almost a sense of like people trying to punish themselves just for like being in a privileged position which i don't think is productive in any kind of way and here's the other thing when i think about times that i have been suffering or you know whenever i am suffering yes i want people to help me i want people to take some action i want people to care and i want people to acknowledge that i am suffering but i don't want people to become negatively affected by my own suffering i don't want them to end up so worried about me that they can't sleep or so upset that you know that it's affecting them i don't want that whenever i see someone becoming so worried or concerned or upset for me i actually don't want to share my suffering with them because it just feels like i am spreading misery i would rather share my worries if people can handle it so i can't speak obviously for everyone in every kind of suffering but i will say that i don't think people who are suffering want you to sit around feeling horrible if it's not helping them it is much more useful for you to take care of yourself and then have much more mental energy and emotional health and resources to channel into taking actual action 
or at least just having positive impact on people around you in your life. You are not doing anyone a service by making yourself suffer. So that was my bit on, you know, our moral obligation or this kind of guilt-tripping sort of behavior. Now, let's get into how do you actually handle compassion fatigue. So the thing to remember here is that compassion fatigue usually comes down to two things. The first one is a feeling of helplessness or failure. It's this feeling that, you know, you're not doing enough or whatever you're doing is um, not helping anything or that you can't do anything. You don't know what to do. This is the first part or first um, aspect of compassion fatigue that, you know, whatever you do, you can't, you're just like a, a pebble in a river. You can't stop. You can't help. You can't stop what is going on. And that's the first sort of aspect of compassion fatigue. The second one is, I would say, too much empathy. And this is where you are unnecessarily taking on the suffering and feelings of every single human being in sight, carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. When it doesn't serve any purpose and is actively harming you. And I, I love empathy. I love compassion. I think it's great, beautiful human trait. And it helps us all build a better society. It helps us in our own health and happiness. Because when you have compassion, you know, there's a lot of things that open up for you. You can add meaning to your life. You um, build better connections, all of that. But you should not let your empathy overpower you or control you. It is an emotion and we should always work to control our emotions rather than be controlled by them. So let's get into the five steps. To address the feelings of helplessness and failure, which is the first part, number one is to remember that you are not the cause you can do something to help you should do something to help but you are not the cause of these things happening you are not responsible for starting this you are not responsible for saving the entire world and solving every problem that has ever existed these things have existed for generations and they are being created by people who are in positions of power, who have far more power, at least logistically, than you, okay? And this kind of goes back to the song, We Didn't Start the Fire, that I mentioned in the beginning. It's kind of like that. Yes, people, you can argue about the moral responsibility that we have to take action and stop bad things from happening. But what I'm saying is, your job is to take action. You cannot help the outcome. The result or the outcome is not always in your hands. So if you think that if the outcome still happens, that means you are a failure, that you are helpless, that you 
you know, you have morally failed, you are going to feel horrible and you are going to feel even more helpless. You are going to be more discouraged from taking action because you think that taking action is useless or that you have failed whenever things don't turn out the way that you hope they will. Which brings me now to point number two. Focus on the actions that you take, not the results. And I covered this in the previous episode. I want you to think about what you can do about the situation that is happening. Think about what you can do, what you will do, what you are willing to do, and start focusing on doing it versus just watching helplessly and feeling worse and worse every moment. What will you do? Do you want to donate your money to organizations, to humanitarian organizations or to, you know, healthcare workers, whatever the issue may be? You know, do you want to donate to organizations that further your cause? Do you want to volunteer your time to work on these issues or to work for organizations that address these issues? Are you going to take up like a side venture, side job, side hustle, where you work for these organizations? Are you going to join a protest march or start one? Are you going to maybe join a union or start a union? You can do so many things, guys. There are so many things that we can do. You know, contact your politicians. So many things. And... Another thing I think people underestimate so much is our power to change the narrative. We need to talk to the people around us, not scream at each other on the internet. And that's because people are far more likely to listen to family and friends that they know and can have real discussions with, as opposed to strangers on the internet. Nobody cares what a stranger on the internet has to say about a topic that they politically disagree with. They are never going to agree in most cases. What you can do is talk to people around you. Have real-life discussions. On the internet, people are usually just screaming at each other. Nobody listens. But in real life, when it's somebody that you know, somebody that you respect, you are much more able to have that discussion. So I encourage you to start talking and really listening to people around you. And this is how you can actually become, first of all, a more balanced person and also start to really influence the ideas of people around you and also learn a thing or two when you listen to them. So focus on what you will do Focus on the things, the steps that you are going to take. Because when you are taking action, your energy, your mind is focused on what to do, how to do it, what steps you need to take. You are focused on action. You are no longer stuck in this helpless failure sort of energy. And this is what I want you to focus on. Focus on the action and not on the outcome. And don't judge the validity of your action on whether or not the outcome 
turns out the way that you want it to because the outcome has a lot of factors that are not in your control but it is your job to focus on what you want to do number three remember you also have an obligation to yourself you are a person as well again you increasing your own suffering without any benefit is just pointless the whole point i think is to alleviate the overall suffering in the world so this means remember to nurture yourself as well as other people and ask yourself what is the objective of me doing something like what is the objective of you consuming a certain piece of media is it useful or is it useless self-torture to alleviate your guilt of just existing? A lot of people who suffer from compassion fatigue also suffer a sense of guilt. And I think this guilt is unhealthy if it is not. Guilt should be for something that you caused. It should not be for you simply existing and not suffering something that somebody else has to go through. That is a ridiculous reason to feel guilty. So remember that you are a person and keep your own well-being in mind. Don't martyr yourself for no reason at all, really. Number four. Now we come to dealing with having too much empathy where you just feel the pain of every single person and add it to your own. And this, sometimes you can't help it. This is a normal thing for people who have compassion. So how do we handle it? Compassion is the desire to help or to protect another person when you feel their pain as your own. So a good way to deal with this is to practice what is called loving-kindness meditation. And this basically just means that when you see someone who is suffering, instead of focusing on the negative parts, right, and feeling helpless to help them and things like that, you develop a sense of faith and hope. You send them positive thoughts. You pray for their well-being or you just, if you don't pray, then you think about, you know, you have faith that they will be okay. You send them positive thoughts and compassion. This, you know, you could argue that this has no real effect, but this is a way to handle your feelings of compassion in a healthy and positive way instead of having it be something that is crippling and destructive and makes you just constantly upset. And the good thing about this is when you focus on this positive outlook, it you know, also encourages you to be proactive, to find solutions. And it can also give the person who is suffering some sense of encouragement instead of sharing in this sense of hopelessness. So loving-kindness meditation is about, you know, sending loving thoughts and believing that the person will be okay. Sending your compassion in a positive way. Number five, limit your access. 
stop constantly consuming images, media, news of suffering all the time. And this is not to say you should ignore what is happening. The thing is, we know what is happening. You know what is happening. You do not need to watch people crying and dying or going through horrible things to make them, you know, to do your job of seeing, of acknowledging. You have acknowledged. You do not need to witness it firsthand if it is only going to harm your mental health. You would do much, much better if you were to protect your mental health and direct your energies to something actually positive. The other thing I need you to understand is that suffering is real. Suffering has existed everywhere and exists everywhere. It is horrific. It is disappointing. And we should always be trying to alleviate it. But understand that there will always be something happening somewhere but we have to keep living and doing our best in our own lives as well the other thing here okay is that i think people keep subjecting themselves to this to consuming you know human suffering because they fear becoming jaded like we are so afraid of the idea that we are losing our humanity or that we're a bad person for not caring, that we're heartless if we don't cry at every horrible thing that happens. And I tell you that you don't have to prove this to anyone. Your, your compassion is there. Your empathy is there. The easiest way to become jaded is to keep consuming this stuff every single day. That is when you, ha you start to struggle with feeling jaded. That is when you keep having to convince yourself that you still care and that you still are emotionally affected by things because you are consuming it all the time. Nobody is meant to consume suffering all the time. Stop doing this to yourself out of a sense of fear. I want you to break the cycle. If you become someone who can barely function, who is suffering from burnout, you cannot focus on your own life, you can't add value to people around you, you can't, you know, you end up another depressed person in the world and you end up just another part of the suffering overall. I think being driven by guilt and fear is not the way you want to be or do humanitarian things. You should be driven by a sense of wanting to help rather than a sense of guilt, failure, horror. These are not things that are positive drivers. We are much more effective when we are driven by a sense of feeling empowered, feeling like we can help people, like we can add value. These are things that we should be focusing on feeling. So, Let's recap the five points here. The first one is you are not the cause. You didn't start the fire. You are one person. Point number two, focus on your actions, not on the results. The results are out of your control. You haven't failed if you are doing everything you can. Be aware 
of what you are assigning as your own responsibility. Because a lot of the time, we think that it is our sole responsibility to control things that are very much out of our control. Number three, remember you owe it to yourself to take care of your life and your mental health. You are a person too. Number four, loving-kindness meditation. Focus on turning painful emotions into positive compassion and hope. Being hopeless and fatalist never helped anybody. If you are sitting around thinking that everybody is doomed, it's useless. It might be the truth. You might even say it is the truth of the matter. But it doesn't serve anybody to give up hope and cry about how we can't do anything. Focus on loving-kindness meditation, on positivity, on sending hope and having faith in a positive future. Number five, limit your exposure. Your mind is your sanctuary, guys. If, you, if your mental health is affected, you become very ineffective as a person. So be aware of what you feed your mind. Limit your exposure to things that are draining you, that are just there to evoke this emotional response, as a lot of you know content is. A lot of content is there just to cr- evoke this negative emotional response from you to keep you tuned in. So be aware of that. Be aware of what you are feeding your mind. And that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening to me. And please let me know if this helped you or what your thoughts are. Uh, Lots of love to you guys and all the best for your week ahead. Remember, I am always rooting for you. Bye!